Hey all you lovely people, welcome back to UNICEF's podcast at the University of Ottawa. As always, I'm your host Genevieve Beauvais, and with me today is Marianne. Hi everyone, happy to be here. Happy to have you. Um, so do you want to do like a little intro about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Marianne. I'm a third year student in international development and globalization, also doing a minor in Spanish. Um, and so I started in UNICEF as a volunteer actually last year. Um, then during the second trimester, I became the bilingualism director. And this year I have the opportunity to be the advocacy director. Which is so awesome and so perfect for you too. Now, yeah, for sure. I absolutely love it. Now, when we first met, you and I, we actually talked a bit about some of your amazing humanitarian work, and I thought that we should definitely share it with our listeners. It's something that people need to hear about. I found it so interesting, so I'm so happy you're here today. So how did you start volunteering? How did all this happen? So it actually all started in secondary school, so I participated in a program um, where we were a bunch of students that met during one trimester and we talked about social um, social justice issues, issues related to um, equity. We did a lot of volunteer work and at the end of the trimester, uh, we did a humanitarian trip. Um, so we went and worked in Mexico in a very little city called Chicholo Puerto, um, where uh, we worked in schools mostly, um, as well as with elderly people. Wow. Which part of Mexico is that in? Do you know? It's in Yucatan. So okay. it's on the east part of Mexico. That is so cool. And how long did you end up staying there for? Uh, we were there two weeks. Wow. That's so crazy. How did you find it? It was, I think it was a good first impression of what humanitarian work is. And I think it made me reflect a lot on the role I want to have um, in that field, because obviously studying in international development, um, it is, you know, a future that I consider doing uh, working in the humanitarian field. So I think it maybe it made me reflect a lot on what should be done and what shouldn't be done in the in the humanitarian field um, and obviously I took a lot of that um, when I did my second humanitarian work in Guatemala where there I really had that perspective mm -hmm. of what I could do better as you know a humanitarian worker working abroad. Now when how long after Mexico did you end up doing Guatemala? It was a year, a year after Mexico. Wow. So, uh, so it was there. just, yeah. So just when I graduated high school, um, I went during summer um, and there I worked in a very small indigenous, so Mayan community mm. um, in Guatemala. Um, yeah, I absolutely. That's so interesting. What did you guys do there? Was it the same type of work as in Mexico? Was it a different mission? Uh, we mostly worked in a school. Uh, so we worked very closely with um, the teachers as well as the director from that school to really build a curriculum to help prepare those students for high school and then the job market. 
Um, so often, obviously, those children are confronted with a lot of difficult situation, um, a lot of discrimination towards Indigenous communities um, in Guatemala. And so often those children will interiorize those, those ideas. Um, and so our goal was really to create a curriculum where, you know, they could develop skills such as leadership or self-confidence, sense of initiative, really, you know, believe in themselves. Well, that's so um, and I think that was our main goal. I love that so much. And the fact that you were, you had just graduated high school and here you are flying to help people. I find that is so amazing. I truly do. Yeah. And I think it was a very important milestone for me, um, leaning up to my university studies, mm -hmm. um, because as I mentioned, they really made me reflect and be critical on my own role as a student and a future professional in, um, how would I say that, the elaboration of a new discourse of what development should be, yeah. right? So what I mean by that is that, you know, with westernization came like a dualistic vision of development, if I can say it that way. So on one side, you have like the developed countries and then on the other you have those that we call traditional which is maybe a pejorative term now um, and so this view I think of humanitarian and development work over time has sort of become a norm mm -hmm. um, and I think the danger of that is to fall into the traps of like white saviorism we hear a lot yeah. uh, about that term um, and simply to implement you know development projects that are not sustainable and do not reflect local realities, right? Yeah. I remember in Guatemala, you know, as I said, we worked with children and the teachers. And I remember asking the director, like, is this really something that you think will make a difference? Mm -hmm. And he answered, like, obviously this will help a lot, but what we truly would need is clean water like the possibility oh, wow. to give clean water to those children. And, you know, it really made me reflect because I, I was like, that's so true. If those children can't have clean water, they're more, more likely to be sick and not even be able to go to school, right? Exactly, just the so, basics. Exactly. So it really made me reflect on, you know, the power relationships that come into um, play when you work abroad mm -hmm. and the importance of, you know, cultural awareness, cultural humility, yeah. taking really the time to establish that relationship and that dialogue with those yeah. communities. And, you know, since then, I always try to keep that mentality that, you know, what I study and what I, or the work I do is not for the communities, but with the communities, right? And I, I think that mentality, that. that mentality is so important, I think, in humanitarian work and international development. I love that because it's not you against something, you're working together to accomplish something. Exactly. I think for so long we, in the international development field, we came with that idea that, you know, Western countries know exactly how those countries should develop. Um, so I think that partnership and that collaboration is really, really important. Um, if if we really want to make a difference and help those countries and communities evolve and develop. Which is the ultimate goal. Of course, yeah. 
Is there anything that specifically stuck with you? Any other than that, something that like you'll cherish forever from your time overseas? That's such a good question. I know it's kind of out there. Honestly, I think it's just all the people I met. You know, in Guatemala, I was living with a family that um, left. They were from El Salvador. And El Salvador is, you know, has its own challenges with regards to human rights and social justice issues. And so it was really interesting to hear them, you know, tell their story of how they had to flee their country to come to Guatemala and try to rebuild a a life um, in Guatemala. So I think it's all those, those people I was able to meet, even like the teachers. Um, I think I was, you know, obviously there's a lot of issues regarding the conditions of life of teachers Mm -hmm. over there and we were so surprised that like some days teachers just didn't come to the school and the students were all alone in the in the classroom yeah um but at the same time when you talk with those teachers they were so passionate about what they were doing Mm -hmm. it's just sometimes they were just not able to to go to the school and didn't have the means to do so even the children, you know, I remember we worked um, in primary schools, Aww. but students, there were students that were 17, 18 years old in primary school, like in sixth grade. Wow. And I think it just comes to show the hard reality because those children obviously, you know, studied a year, then worked a year. So they mm-hmm. were behind what we consider is the normal path, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's just all the the people I was able to meet and exchange with and learn from, especially. Oh, no kidding. Especially hearing all those firsthand experiences that I feel like that would be so such a rare opportunity to have. So interesting. Now, just shifting a little bit, you have also worked as an advocacy director for an advocate for the rights of people with disabilities. Did you want to share anything on that front? Yeah, so when I was 13, um, I lost my vision overnight. So I became legally blind, basically overnight. Um, And obviously, it was a big shock. I had to like adapt and relearn a lot of things. Um, And with that came a lot of discrimination and a lot of stigma. Um, And it made me realize that there is a big lack of understanding and knowledge regarding disability, including visual disability, but any other disability. Um, So since then, I've done several conferences in schools as well as interviews to really talk about disability and try to destigmatize the concept. Because I think it's really important to understand that disability is really socially constructed, right? I totally Above agree. all, it's really a product of social and physical environments. Um, you know, disability, I think, is fundamentally rooted in systemic barriers. Yeah. Um, and when I say systemic barriers, you know, it includes like lack of accessibility, obviously, but also language choice microaggressions, lack of knowledge, discrimination, 
even low expectation for people with disability. Yeah. Um, so it really includes a lot of things. And I think it's really important to talk about it and normalize that conversation so people don't feel like awkward, you know, talking about disability, what it means to them or what they think disability means. Um, so yeah, it has been something that has been very important for me um, ever since I was <laughs> a bit forced into that community, but it really made me realize a lot of things. Um, and so a lot of people ask me like, oh, I guess you wish you still had your vision. And every time I'm like, you know what? It opened so many doors and made me realize so, so many things. Yeah. And there's a lot of things you don't realize when you don't live that specific experience. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that tendency to see people with disabilities as objects of inspiration or motivation for people without disabilities. You know, we often see, I'm sure you've all seen social media, like images of people with disability, and it's like, your situation could be worse, you can yeah. do it, right? We yeah. use those images, that narrative for motivation. You know, I've, I've been told so many times that I'm in inspiration by people that don't know me. They right. tell me that just because they see that, you know, I, I took the bus as <laughs> a blind person. Um, but I just, I just think, it comes to show that we have such low expectations of people with disabilities that, you know, we're congratulated for doing simple tasks, right? Yeah. Um, but that's something I never thought about. I have but actually, now, currently, that has never come to my mind till you just brought it up now. And you speaking about it is totally making me realize that, yeah, there is a low expectation set when there shouldn't be, there really shouldn't be. So that's one of the things um, I talk about in my conferences. I think it's important to dismantle this, this world we live in that exceptionalize and objectifies people with disability. I think it's really important to talk about it. And by doing so, we might get a bit closer to being able to build more accessible, inclusive societies, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, I love how open you are with it. Because I remember one of the first times we talked, we talked very openly about it. And I gained such a perspective that I had never had before. Even just talking with you right now, I'm like, you're right, that does happen. And it doesn't affect me, but it is still happening in society. Yeah, I think it's really important to talk about it. That's why I'm always open to share my experience, my story. I think when you talk about it, people reflect a bit on know their own perspective and their own ways of seeing disability um, and if it can help to dismantle a bit the stigma that surrounds disability then I'll be more than happy. That's so awesome. Thank you for touching on that. I know it is a bit personal. Of course. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to Brazil um, in May and June to do some research on issues related to race and gender in Brazil. I am currently working on writing and publishing an article on gender-based violence in Brazil. It's actually a comparative study. Okay. Um, so we're comparing um, the situation with gender-based 
biases and gender-based violence towards Brazilian women, as well as Indigenous women here in Canada. Yeah. Um, so I think it gives a very important perspective on, and that comes back to that dualistic perspective that I talked about that, you know, we may say that Canada is a developed country, but when you look into, you know, internal dynamics, you realize that some communities, even here in Canada, live in conditions that would be similar to underdeveloped or developing countries such as Brazil. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. I'll be working with um, an organization uh, in Brazil, um, exploring questions related to race, um, because obviously Brazil has a very important history of slavery. Yes, um, yes. So the questions regarding race is still very, very important in those communities, as well as gender um, with the situation of women over there. So really excited and looking oh, forward. That, I am excited for, for that. How did you get involved in that Brazil? How did that happen? It's actually a course offered by U Ottawa. If oh. other students are interested. Yeah, it's a field research course. Um, okay. There's a few options of countries and obviously I decided to to take on the one in Brazil because I, I was already working on that article. I'm actually writing it in collaboration with Brazilian students. Nice. Um, so yeah, I figured that it would be nice to have that field experience to be able to experience it by myself being on the field working. Oh, no kidding. People it's that work in that field. Exactly. Wow. Well, I'm so excited for you to go now. I'm rooting for you in Brazil. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. Do you have any like big for future plans of other stuff related to humanitarian work? Um, related to humanitarian work, not yet. Next trimester, so fall, um, I'll be studying in Santiago, Chile. Wow. Um, which is, once again, um, I think it shows, once again, my willingness to be able to gain that cultural awareness, to be able to understand local realities by being in those communities, by interacting with local researchers. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for that tool, be studying abroad uh, during is a term basically next next trimester oh, that is so exciting i love your passion for travel i find that so inspiring to just let's try here and let's go see what's happening in this community and how is this one different than ours and what's going on in this one so interesting yeah i've been always passionate about learning you know about different cultures different languages yeah um, so you speak which languages do you speak <laughs> I speak a few. So I speak fluently French, English, Spanish. Um, I can also speak German and currently learning Portuguese. Nice. Hopefully I'll be able to speak a bit before leaving for Brazil. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love languages. And, you know, I tend when I travel, I tend to really try to see parts of the countries that tourists wouldn't see like trying to really meet local people try to really understand the local realities and their ways of life so obviously to do it with respect 
Um, but yeah, I've always been interested in learning from others. I think that's the beauty of diversity is to be able to, to learn from others and to grow. And there's so uh, much as to individuals. learn. So much. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. We really thank love you having, for having you. Me. Yeah.